1: Good morning, everybody. It is uh, four minutes past nine o'clock here in Hayesville, North Carolina. Welcome to a Friday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio, the fourth day of November 2022, our last Friday in daylight saving time uh, for the year. Who knows? You know, this may be our last uh, daylight saving time ever. At least I kind of hope so. There's been a move to uh, do away with that. I'm, I'm hoping that that's the case. I also just realized when I was playing the news this morning, uh, I forgot to update the news file. And so uh, we were playing news from last week, so I apologize. That's why we <laughs> we cut it short. Oh, man. I tell you what, when you go from doing this thing every day to, to doing it once a week because of Internet issues, it's... Uh, It's hard to remember what the hell you're supposed to be doing. But anyway, uh, welcome to this morning's wake-up call. Uh, A few things to get to this morning. Dan Zapano is going to be with us at 9.15 this morning. We're going to talk NFL football. Of course, uh, last night the Philadelphia Eagles stay unbeaten. We'll talk to him about that. A lot of the stuff that went down at the trade deadline. Uh, So Dan will be coming up at 9.15. Hope you can join us or, or stay around for that. Uh, of course, the World Series continued last night. Justin Verlander gets his first World Series win in his career, finally. Uh, pitched pretty well, with the exception of uh, uh, giving up a home run to Kyle Schwarber in the first inning. He was pretty good. He had to get out of a little bit of trouble in the fifth inning, but does. And uh, only goes five, but in this day and age, Jesus, if a guy goes five innings, you're doing you know headstands. Uh, but pitched pretty well and uh you look uh, the one I guess the good thing is at least the game was close last night you know it's been blowouts galore uh the phillies though after winning game 3 7 nothing their bats have gone to sleep uh they have had uh, what six hits in the last combined in the last two games of course they got no hit in game 4 and last night i think they only had six And it was the defense that did it for Houston last night. Uh, Chaz McCormick with a huge catch in the ninth inning. Now, it wasn't going to be a home run, but it was going to put a runner in scoring position with one out. Uh, But McCormick took a great line to the ball, leaped up. It was going to hit high up off the fence, but he goes up and and times the jump perfectly, makes the catch. And, And a kid who was from the Philly area breaks Philly's hearts last night. Uh, by making that catch and uh, putting his team in position now to win this thing in Houston this weekend. The last two games, game six and seven, are in Houston. I I actually kind of expect this to be over tomorrow. I originally said Houston in five, maybe six if the Phillies were spunky, Uh, but when they took that 2-1 lead, everybody started getting a little bit giddy and saying, well, maybe the Phillies are a team of destiny. Look, at the end of the day, the Houston Astros have too much pitching. I mean, look, you know, Justin is going to win the Cy Young, and he wasn't even very good in this series other than last night. I mean, he pitched game one and got shelled. But their bullpen is ridiculous. What Christian Javier did the other night in that no-hitter, he pitched six no-hit innings. He has been unbelievable. Framber Valdez is going to get the start in game six tomorrow. He only allowed one run over six and a third in game two. Zach Wheeler is going to go against him. Wheeler got shelled Uh, in that game. He gave up five runs, four of them earned. Uh, Gave up a two-run bomb to Alex Bregman in that game. So at the end of the day, the Astros just have too much pitching. And I know that, you know, everybody wants Houston to lose. You know, because of 2017, we need to get over that. There's only five guys left on this team from that. You know, Altuve and Bregman, obviously two very big ones. Justin Verlander as well, but Justin Verlander, uh, you know, he wasn't batting. He was just pitching, and he has pitched his ass off this year. So we need to get over that. This is a very, very good Houston team. They have constructed this. Look, it's a different coach. It's a different general manager. It's a different team. Yeah, there's a few guys left, but it is a different team. And not to be lost, by the way, in last night's game, everybody's talking about Chaz McCormick's great uh, catch in the ninth inning. Let's not forget the play that Trey Mancini made in the eighth inning Mancini hadn't played defense. He hadn't played in the field since the last game of the regular season. Had an absolute bullet hit down the line over 100 miles an hour. He falls on it, steps on the bag, gets the out, gets out of trouble. It was an unbelievable play. For a guy that came over late in the season, he hasn't hit at all in the postseason. Matter of fact, he didn't hit much at all when he came to Houston anyway. But he made a great play last night. And by the way, the only reason he was in the game is because in a rundown, Yuri Gurriel took a knee to the head and also hurt his his, his own knee when he went down kind of awkwardly. Stayed in the game uh, for the next inning, but then when it came his turn to bat, they brought Mancini in. And Yuri uh, Guriel probably doesn't make that play. So Houston is getting it done uh, in all kinds of different ways. They're going to win this thing this weekend. And, uh, you know, maybe I, – I, I don't know whether it's going to, you know, fully scrub uh, people's feelings about them and the taint from 2017, but it's time to get over that. This is a very, very good team. Um, some NBA news. Kyrie Irving was suspended by the Brooklyn Nets yesterday, and it was about time. Look, we're, we live in a free country. You are allowed to have uh, whatever feelings you want to have when it comes to things in, the, in, in a social context. Look, you can be a closet racist if you want to. But you got to shut the hell up. You can't be, you know. You cannot be uh, Kyrie Irving representing a billion-dollar franchise and you know may, putting links out to anti-Semitic films, things that uh, uh, deny the Holocaust. And then you know say what, you know what? Oh no, I'm not a racist, and you know I'm not anti-Semitic, and you know if if you know as long as I know where I come from, I know I can't be anti-Semitic. Well, baloney. You sure as hell can. And, you know, it, no. what he's doing is no different than what Kanye West has been doing. So the Nets had to do something. And he refused to even apologize. When did he apologize? After he got suspended for five games last night. Or at least five games. And, look, I I love what the Nets said when they suspended him. They said he is currently unfit to be associated with the Brooklyn Nets. They had to do this. You know, and look, what the Nets need to do is they need to get rid of him. I don't know if you're going to be able to find anybody that will take on the dumpster fire that is Kyrie Irving. I don't care how talented he is. He's a moron. This is the same guy that was embracing the flat Earth theories. Are you kidding me? You know the same guy who refused to get vaccinated, so he couldn't play uh, in home games, and you know basically showed what he what a what a crappy teammate he is. This guy is a train wreck. You got to get rid of him if you're the Nets. Look, you're two and six. You've already fired your coach. The fact that Steve Nash lasted as long as he did putting up with that three-ring circus is a shock. And you know what he's doing right now? He's laughing his ass all the way to the bank because he gets paid next year for not coaching. And this is a guy that really doesn't care. He really doesn't. I mean, this is a guy, this is a California guy. He's probably laying on the beach and laughing at the millions of dollars he's getting to not coach that team. And if it's not bad enough, you know, you're – You're two and six. You got got Kyrie Irving on this team. And now you're going to bring in, supposedly bring in uh, Ume Adoka from the Boston Celtics, the guy who was suspended for the year by the Celtics for inappropriate behavior towards women in the front office. We still don't know all the details. We don't know any of the details, really. They've kept it hush-hush. He was suspended by the Celtics, but now the Nets are going to go ahead and hire this guy? I mean, good lord! You know, this is uh, uh, this is the NBA version of the Oakland Raiders. You know that they always, you know, wanting to bring in the bad guys and you know make everything a a, a sideshow. And my God, what are they doing? And, look, the Nets had to do this. They were under a lot of pressure from Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner. He wanted him suspended. And I think if the Nets hadn't stepped in and done this, it would not have shocked me if the NBA had stepped in. And I think it was very possible, you know. And and what kind of brought this to a head yesterday was, you know, he had a press conference. He was basically, you know, refused to apologize and was very belligerent about things. You know, it, it, funny, you, you watch his press conferences and, and, and it comes off as like he's trying to sh- show that he's smarter than everybody else. All you are is a moron. But if, if the Nets hadn't done this, the NBA was going to do it unilaterally and just say, hey, you're out. So, you know, I, whether he comes back or not, we'll see. I mean, look, they're paying him a lot of money. The best move for them is to get rid of him. I'm not sure they will, but they should. It's 14 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Dan Zampano is going to join us to talk NFL football. Hang with us back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 17 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call here on a Friday morning. And as we are every Friday, we are thrilled to be joined by Dan Zampano of the Sunday Card. Good morning, Dan. How are you?
0: It's a beautifully chill day here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. We are living large. We had a pretty interesting game last night, one that we didn't think was going to happen. And we got the halfway point of the season, November football. We have uh, the, as uh, Edmund Fitzgerald, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. The song says the gales of November came early last week while well, they're coming now for sure, this week. It's going to be a great week.
1: You know, I always love your your, your introduction because it's, you're always very poetic. I didn't know you had that in you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, as they do say, I am an 88-year-old man in a 28-year-old body. So.
1: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, there are some of our listeners that actually think, well, they were shocked to find out that you were not like 50 years old.
0: Well, I don't know how to take that, but, you know, I'll take it as a compliment, I guess. Hey, uh,
1: before we uh, get to last night's game and all the stuff that happened this week, I want to just uh, briefly touch on uh, a passing in the NFL yesterday. Now, look, this guy's career was over before you were born. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ray Guy passed away yesterday. Uh, Mm -hmm. The only punter in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, This guy, I mean, obviously, again, he was before your time, but he, he invented hang time. How yeah. th- Think about this. He was a first-round draft pick. Can you imagine somebody in 2022 taking a punter? He was the 23rd overall pick by Al Davis back in 1973. Can you imagine that today?
0: Uh, only one man would do that, and he was coaching back in 1973. <laughs> and he's still head coaching <laughs> today. So I think we all know who it is. Um, and amazing, amazing. I think that you know a guy like that leaves a legacy for punters in general obviously but really the first athlete I think to be kind of uh, arts uh, have have the, the the art of punting you right. know what I mean yeah, and, yeah. and you know he was definitely one of these trailblazers throughout the throughout like the annals of the NFL history but uh he's obviously going to be missed in Layers. I mean, you can't forget that. So him being a part of that is is obviously special. Um, he will be missed. It came across my dial. I said, "Oh man, great guy, huh?" And you know, every punter in America on Twitter and the rest of it. So right. You know, yeah. I I think I think obviously you know, as a Hall of Fame punter and the only one. I mean, one of one's pretty good, right, James?
1: Yeah, it's not too bad. I you know, and and it's funny. I mean, it's just they are. It's probably a very underrated position. I mean, I guess when you come right mm-hmm. down, because they can be a great weapon if, if you can, uh, you know, if you can figure out how to uh, pin a team deep all the time. I mean, and he was very good at that. And and uh, I mean, how about this? His entire career, six hundred and nineteen punts, never had one blocked in his entire career.
0: That's a, that, that's a that's a big credit to that's a big credit to special teams and how they cared about it. They don't right. care about it anymore. No, it's just totally lost and nobody cares. Ask the Packers. But, uh, one one of one of my favorite coaches here uh is a special team's coach at uh, at l u and he's just a fantastic mind and you know i uh, I hope he's a one as a head coach one day because he's brilliant so let's give some respect to the special teams. let's do it come on all
1: right let's uh how about a guy that doesn't get any respect and doesn't deserve any Dan snyder uh is actually i think uh it <laughs> sounds like he's ready to pack it in uh he is exploring opportunities perhaps to sell. The Washington commanders and uh, a mm. a it's about time and b the first name that comes up is Jeff Bezos how about that yeah but but I was thinking about this last night Dan I'm sitting in my chair and there was a, a news report about the uh, the the Powerball drawing which I think us is one point five billion dollars on Saturday <laughs> even if you won the Powerball even if you got the whole one point five billion which of course nobody does but even if you won one point five billion dollars. You couldn't even come close to matching what the Washington commanders are probably going to sell for. Nope. You'd probably be about 20% there.
0: (laughs) But, yeah, they're talking $5.5 billion? Yeah, yeah. Insane. It's unbelievable. I mean, think about the franchise, though, Gene. I mean, it is a legendary franchise. It's the first real legendary franchise that's come up for sale since what? I mean, you maybe Ralph. you could argue the the Yankees stats.
1: the, the uh, Yankees the, maybe when, I mean, when
0: Steinbrenner bought them? Right, when Steinbrenner bought them. I mean, I, I it, it's a huge franchise. It's got the history. Right. You know, they're moving in a brand new direction. Uh, you've heard a couple of names. Jeff Bezos obviously is, you know, everybody's first look. Uh, I think Byron Allen, uh, the guy who owns entertainment studios. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he is he's being he's being looked at. Um as a possible candidate, he'd be the first black owner. So I think that, uh, people are excited about that idea. Um, Jay Z I know wants to be involved. Um, I, I told, I, I said it out loud that uh, Elon bought the wrong, uh, billion dollar ranch. <laughs> I, I thought he would buy it. So, uh, <laughs> but I, I think it's going to be fascinating. I think we get all fascinated about, you know, billionaires fighting over a sports team. I I think it's just an interesting look introspectively on the commercialization of the country. That's just me. That's a fight for another day. But I I think that this franchise, if you think about the history of Joe Gibbs, um, obviously the beginnings of the history aren't great and a somewhat controversial name and all that stuff. But I think, you know, Joe Gibbs bringing that, that, that franchise along, I think he should be given at least, you know, something of ownership rights for what he's done for that franchise. Hopefully, hopefully, the new owner will find a better name for this team. That's all I'll say. (laughs)
1: Well, and, you know, I was also, you know, it doesn't matter. uh, Well, almost doesn't matter who buys this team. NFL owners are going to approve it just to get rid of Dan Snyder, aren't they? Absolutely. I
0: mean, Absolutely. It'll be the fastest. It'll be right to print. It'll be, hey, hey uh, let's go. We've got to get this to print right now. I mean, it'll, that's, that'll be the fastest stamp they ever make.
1: All right, let's get to uh, all the, uh, the action that happened at the trade deadline. And obviously, I mean, it, this one happened before the trade line, but, uh, deadline, but Christian McCaffrey is, you know, arguably the biggest move at the trade deadline this year. But a close second. Might be the move that the Miami Dolphins made in getting Bradley Chubb from the Denver Broncos, and Chubb has already signed an extension, by the way, so he's going to be there long term. But for a five and three team that has struggled mightily uh, in in getting to the quarterback, uh, this was a a great way for them to stay not only in the AFC East race but in the uh, the playoff races as a whole. This 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 is a no-brainer.
0: Yeah, they definitely had issues getting to the quarterback. I think Chubb is a power rusher more than anything. Um, Good player, very good player. So first overall pick, I mean, how could you not be a good player unless you're a clowning? But, um, you know, I I think at at, at that position, you know, he's obviously cemented himself. I I do think that the price was relatively high uh, because I believe they gave him a first-round pick. Uh, they came in with the one, and then negotiated the other picks. Right, and then they had and them, then and then were s- able to sign him.
1: Right, and they gave up Chase Edmonds too, which w- really wasn't that big a deal at, in the grand scheme. No,
0: right? no, I I don't think it was, and they quickly replaced him anyway with Jeff Wilson. So I I think um I, I think it was decent for both sides. I wasn't you know enamored with it either way. I think the Dolphins obviously get better pass rush, but. I just I wonder if the Dolphins. I mean, Bradley Chubb has been hurt a lot. Right. Uh, I, it reminds me so much of the trades the Dolphins used to make with guys like you know Haynesworth and Sue and guys like this. Where you know, not that Chubb is, has a has a you know attitude problem or anything, but his injuries worry me. And is he you know worthy of? A first-round pick selection. Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll find out. Well, I think it's going to. I think it's definitely. I think it's. I think it's definitely going to be a, a a a long-term thing, that we're going to have to look and see.
1: Well, five and a half sacks this year, which is nothing to sneeze at. And I mean, I think. But I think what a lot of people point to is uh, he was uh, he was like the invisible man at the end of last season. I don't think he had a sack for the last right. eight or nine, eight or nine games of last season. But perhaps the you know perhaps maybe the bigger move. Was getting Jeff Wilson from the Forty ers who obviously became expendable once they got Christian McCaffrey, that upgrades their running game significantly as well. Which is which can only be a, a help for Tua.
0: Well, it's basically Mike McDaniel saying, "Hey, give me my running backs back." And, you know, I mean, he wants Mostert, He wants Jeff <laughs> right. Wilson. Yeah. Um. You know, he wants all the guys he had in San Francisco. He wants to do the same thing. The one difference is that they they throw it a lot more and, and off of RPO action than than San Francisco does. So. You know, to me, uh, I think that Miami is trying to position themselves. I think they're, they're, they're at least going for it. Will it happen is my question, and I still have my doubts. They are very banged up on defense and defensively to begin with. They really have had a rough go of it in terms of covering people. So I'll be interested, in, and look, until you have the quarterback, the right quarterback for your team, I mean, you're not going anywhere. So we'll see.
1: The most shocking move to me was the fact that the Lions traded T.J. Hawkinson in their own division to the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, that, I mean, you know, why Why do you do that?
0: Yeah, well, Lions are going to win. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's basically, that's all I can tell you. I mean, they made this trade again. They made a first-round pick trade with the Vikings in the draft this year. Right. And now they have traded away their best offensive weapon probably uh maybe outside of swift uh, who can't stay on the field right in hawkinson and i think this really gives minnesota a, a nice one two punch in the red zone for hawkinson and smith they're going to be really hard yep. to cover these guys and i mean let alone having jefferson and deal and now you have four really good options a fifth really good option in osborne um you know i, I think minnesota really did a nice job upgrading offensively and and doubling down on what the strengths of their team were. Um, Look, Detroit is going to get what they get in draft picks, as they should. I would be surprised if Dan Campbell is retained. Actually, I really wouldn't be surprised because Detroit typically doesn't do things. Yeah, I mean, they don't do things normally. So, um, you know, I I don't know. I I think Detroit really needs to look in the mirror. It's it's really from a front office perspective of they don't have anybody in there that – that strategically looks at the game. Yeah, well, they and, do, and they they, they they have a bunch of macho man and yes man. You know, I mean, that's basically what they have here. And you need more than that in the league to, to to win.
1: Well, they do have an owner that has been very vocal about uh, that 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 there may need to be some changes made. Uh, you know, not not happy in the direction they're going. So, you know, maybe somebody pulls the trigger, but and 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 they find a GM that can take advantage of these draft picks. Um, I'll tell you, I was a little bit surprised that the Bears made the move they did uh, to get Chase Claypool from the uh, 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 the Pittsburgh Pirates? I mean, I, I don't know. I, 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 why?
0: I mean, the Bears aren't going anywhere. Well, here's why. I think, look, the Bears knew that they had traded away Robert Quinn. They didn't get a lot of compensation for him. Right. And I think the Eagles really swifted him. But I do think that Quinn probably is on, on his side. maybe not in his last legs, but getting there. And then they got a decent haul back for, for Roquan Smith. So they knew what they had, um, chase Claypool fits the bears because the bears are the team in the league that runs it the most. They've now become the new Ravens, the new Eagles. That's the bears now. I mean, they have a 60% rush rate in terms of, uh, you know, their play count. So in, in, in that respect, getting Claypool, gives you a bigger body to block on the edges yep. and it gives you a guy to, to throw to uh, a lengthy receiver that's, you know, has a, a pretty much, you know, freakish athletic ability for his size to a quarterback that they know maybe isn't the most accurate, but might be able to, to catch some balls in tight spaces. And I think that, I think that Claypool actually fits really well for the bears. So I thought it was actually a pretty decent move that they did that.
1: I thought the, uh, the move that the, uh, the Bills made was a pretty good one as well, getting Hines from the Colts. I mean, that is, this is a guy that uh, uh, can catch a lot of passes out of the backfield. I think he's probably better at that. He's maybe a better version of that than, like, Devin Singletary is. And he can still run the ball a little bit as well. So uh, I thought, you know, a team that uh, the Bills that are already very good may have made themselves a little bit better by picking up Hines from uh, the, the reeling Indianapolis Colts.
0: And, you know, Singletary has been much better he the last been. few weeks. Yeah, he can run has. the ball more effectively. That's fair. Um, you know, with Hines, I think he'll be a nice complementary back. I think he'll probably be used on special teams a lot. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know if they love having Isaiah McKenzie back there. Even Isaiah McKenzie has blazing speed. I think Hines is just as good and reliable. I think they want to use him more uh, punt return, kick return, those types of deals. Uh, but I, I think he gives you some value there, and I think he gives you value as a third down, you know, swing pass option guy. So I, I don't hate it, uh, and I don't hate what they give up for it.
1: Patriots did absolutely nothing. Uh, and why would they? <laughs> yeah, I mean, were you surprised by that? I mean, I, I actually kind of wasn't. I did because no. I wasn't sure. I mean, where, w- I wasn't sure who they had to to move, you know. And I didn't, I didn't see Bill wanting to give up a lot of draft picks. So I, I guess I wasn't totally shocked that they they they
0: stood pat. I think there were people that Bill knew in either media or agents that were trying to feed media to say, oh, there are teams that have interest in Bourne, there are teams that have interest in Aguilar and the rest of the league called BS on it. <laughs> and you know, I i I'm, that's what I think. I mean there was I mean, look at these guys. I mean, what are you gonna get for the like fifth, sixth, seventh I mean if Robert right. Quinn, a player of that caliber, is going for a fourth rounder. Right. Right? Okay. I mean, is Kendrick Bourne even getting a sixth? A seven? No. Like, what are yeah, we talking about for right. Kendrick Bourne here? You're talking about Nikhil Harry-level compensation here. <laughs> so, you know, exactly. No, no. Exactly. So, uh, no, I never thought the Patriots really had the ability to make a move, move, and they should have absolutely not traded for anybody. I don't think they were ready or in a position to do so. Uh, I still think I still think there is an outside chance, and they maybe, maybe haven't contacted him, but in December, if they really want to make a playoff push, and you have a chance to get a receiver to open up your offense, we all know who's sitting out there. And I know that the Patriots haven't been involved as the the, the lead guys as negotiations, but OBJ wow. is still sitting out wow. there. Wow, would be, that'd, and that'd be a shocker. That'd be that'd be something. I mean, that'd be something for him. Who who he likes, Bill. I think they have a good relationship. Um, you know, I think it would be interesting if, if a move was pulled. Hey, he almost signed there in, in the offseason. It was close.
1: Well, I'll tell you the team that uh, another team that, that stood pat and another team that may want to consider calling him because I, I was absolutely stunned that the Green Bay Packers did not make a move at the deadline to get a receiver. I thought, that, I thought when I saw Claypool moving, I said, boy, he would have been great uh, in, in Green Bay
0: yeah i think a lot of people are stunned by that and look maybe green bay sees where they're at i think they know hey look yes we didn't spend all this draft capital on receivers to just not develop them like they're rookies right and they've gotten pretty good production out of one of those rookies they're waiting on christian watson to to kind of step up and step forward but romeo dobbs has been pretty decent for them and you know to me it's like there, there's always a price and you know Green Bay they're very historically uh, not really willing to have players on their team that are undeveloped through the draft right so that they, they really like to do hey we're gonna sit on these guys but the problem was that they didn't really have anybody in front of them that you know could teach them and that was the issue and and so now I think Green Bay is sitting at a spot where, look, we're just going to middle it. We're going to see if we can catch the Vikings. We're going to see if we can kind of just sneak into the wild card. And, uh, otherwise, I think, I think if they don't make the playoffs, I, I, don't, I don't know what happens next year. I, I'm, I haven't really, You haven't really heard a lot from Rodgers in his perspective and where, he, where he's at at this point. I know we've had a lot of speculation that he's going to leave after two years ago, after last year. But this year has been very, very different, and I think um, – I don't know. I, think, I don't know. I think he's feeling relaxed much more, but I think he's also seeing, hey, we have to figure out a way in the second half to get it done.
1: Well, I think if they don't make the playoffs, I think he is gone. I mean, look, he's if he intends to – I mean, and nobody's going to try to probably play as long as Tom Brady is, but if he still wants to play and he has indicated that he would like to continue to play – I can't believe he is going to be patient when you're at the end of your career to sit through a rebuild, if that's what the Green Bay Packers have decided this is.
0: Well, you know, he's willing to, you know, sit in the meditation room for six <laughs> hours. I think he'll be okay. To... Well,
1: maybe that will help maybe him. Maybe he will be okay, you know. Maybe, maybe, that'll, maybe that'll help him get through a 6-11 and season. Mm-hmm. No, uh, Last night's game, a much closer game than anybody anticipated. Uh, I thought that the Houston Texans' defense was very, very good. They got to Jalen Hurts uh, multiple times. Uh, You know, a bad interception by Mills in the third quarter really turned this game around. I mean, that was not a great offensive effort by Philly last night, but I I give a lot of credit, I think, really to the Houston defense last night.
0: Oh, I, I, you know, I, I do, but I also say this. I say, look, Philly, when they didn't turn the ball over, Philly had a problem with the, with the snap. I, I, they had a problem with the pre-snap. They were constantly almost getting false starts, almost, almost really uh, uh, constantly like snapping the ball when their offensive linemen weren't ready, when Hurts wasn't ready. I don't know what was going on with that. Um, I, I thought that that was kind of a weird part of the game. But I do think the other thing was I thought when Philly wasn't having snap issues, they were moving the ball at ease. I mean, right. it was it was a joke. I mean, Houston couldn't stop them. I love what Philly's offense did. I, I think the defense of Philly was exposed, and I think I think that uh, Pep Hamilton, the offensive coordinator, found the the, the chain, uh, found the link in the chain that was weak. Their run defense is not very good. Right. I mean, and, and especially missing, like, a guy like Jordan Davis. They have an issue there, and Damian Pierce exposed it. They, they outrushed the Eagles last night. I think they had little, close to 170 yards rushing. I think that, you know, at this point in the season, yes, the Eagles are 8-0. If you are looking at this, you got to start thinking, okay, am I going to start looking at the Eagles to be losing, you know, next week? The right. next week, I they, they, at some point it looks like to me this is going to come to a head, and, and the balloon is going to pop here. Now, does that mean the Eagles are not as good as advertised? No, the Eagles are fine. They don't have to go seventeen and zero, you know. In right. fact, I think they wouldn't want that. But I, I do think I saw the weak link in the Eagles because watching them with a little bit more, you know, poignancy, you can see that a, a team even like the Texans who actually do have a pretty decent offensive line, um, you know, can expose the Eagles and control the game, knowing that the Eagles are going to try to control the game with their rushing as well. So you got to match rush for rush with the Eagles and it's hard, but Texans showed it last night. if not for a couple of stupid throws by Mills. And honestly, Mills isn't a bad quarterback either. I think he's, I think he's really, really smart. He made some good plays, but he just doesn't have the talent, right? Um, You know, but you can expose this team. You can expose this team. If it wasn't for a couple of bad throws by him, they they would have been in it at the end.
1: All right, let's uh, get to some games from last week, and let's start off with that Patriot game. The Patriots uh, beat the Jets again. It was not. Oh a, yeah. It was not a thing of beauty. It really wasn't. At the end of the day, I mean, Mac Jones got sacked six times. Um, you know, but uh, the good news for the Patriots is, is Zach Wilson was the quarterback on the other side. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, there's no other way Uh, to put it. uh, No, no, there isn't. I mean, uh, you know, there are guys that are mobile, and we're looking at those new mobile quarterbacks. And then there's guys that are Zach Wilson mobile, (laughs) where they run around in the back, and it looks like they're going to make a sweet play on the run, and they just throw it to the other team. That's pretty much (laughs) the way Zach Wilson plays. Um, so, you know, I, I, I just, there's gotta be a federal investigation into how the jets concluded that this kid was going to be, should have been the second overall pick. Right. I mean, it's, it's a crime. It is an absolute crime. I mean, you look at, you know, everybody got enamored with the off platform and throws and the, the, the 80 yard bombs on the run and all this stuff. I mean, he's just lacks a sense of maturity. Yeah like have a bony, i mean who comes out of the pocket trying to throw the ball away and throws it right on the sideline i right. mean who does something like that so yeah. yes the patriots got after him in the second half i thought they got more aggressive i didn't think mac jones particularly when i first looked at it i didn't think he played that well but then as i started watching the game i said this is this is like totally totally bad coaching yeah. because Either the receivers don't know what they're doing, or they're not being coached to do it correctly, or that we need a whole new receiving core here because this is a joke. What's going on, hey, hey, Dan?
1: Let's, let's and, be, uh, Dan. Let's be honest. The Patriots have needed an entirely new receiving core for a few years now.
0: I mean, but they've got they got one last year. Well, I mean, last yeah. year it was this is the new receiving core here, and it still is not working.
1: Yeah, but they so they still they they haven't had. Uh, they to me, they're 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 they've been playing with a lot of B receivers for the last couple of years, you know, and they, they for the last decade. Well, yeah, well, I, yeah, but but some of I those. Mean, some let, of those let's,
0: B mean, those. Re- let's not beat around the bush. Well, okay, it's the last decade. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, well, all I, right. I, I, Maybe I mean, I, do they need to expend capital uh, on the
0: receiving core? I mean, I don't. I I'm not entirely sure. I think what you've relied on. Is let's have a great slot receiver, and let's have a really good tight end. While well, the tight ends aren't working out either, and they spent a ton of money on that. So you know, to me, I, what what I see right now is a bad coaching scheme. Yep. Is what I think. Yeah, it's a bad coaching scheme and bad coaching fundamentals. Well, there's a reason it's still there. And, well, there's a
1: reason why Matt Patricia and and Judge don't have head coaching jobs anymore.
0: Right, and and, and maybe they shouldn't have assistant something. coaching jobs either. Maybe they shouldn't because you know I mean Matt Patricia's calling plays. Isn't he supposed to be in charge of the offensive line? Thought so. The most uh, the most undisciplined, the most penalty penalty ridden team, uh, or excuse me, group on the team. I mean, it, I mean, how, what are we doing over here? And I get it. David Andrews didn't play. Fine, you know that, that's a big loss. You know, right? But uh, you know, you have got to be more. I mean, Trent Brown. Gotta be more disciplined. Cole Strange, he's a rookie. I kind of give him a pass. Uh, he had he had just a horrible time right. against the Jets. Horrible time. So you know, look, the Patriots gotta win. Zach Wilson obviously is an incompetent football player, <laughs> but um, you know, it, it's still there's still so much to be fixed. People that want to put this on Mac Jones, uh, I'm sorry. Like, you know, what he was working with was under pressure. And his ability to get out of the pocket and scramble has been totally underrated. I mean, he's kept plays alive right. with his legs. And I think that's a huge thing. And, again, Ramondre Stevenson is, is the best player on the team right now. Yep. Uh, outside of Matthew Judon, Ramondre Stevenson's the best player on the team. He's the best player on the offense, no question, um, and, and deserves you know exceptional compensation for it. But you know, they, if they can survive that way, look, this, we're still in that soft part of the schedule. The Colts, the Jets, you know, teams like that that, that are beatable, obviously. Right. So you know, we'll see. But it's got to get better in the next two, three weeks.
1: When we talked about this game last week, I said the final score might be 15 to nine. It'd be eight field goals. I wasn't I wasn't that far off. The Patriots did have five no. field goals, right? The
0: Patriots had five field give, goals. Give Nick the, Folk. Yeah. Give Nick Folk, uh, you know, the key to the city. Whatever I mean, he wants, that guy yeah. is incredible. Yeah. yeah, whatever he wants. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, how about the
1: uh, the resurrection of the Denver Broncos? <laughs> and it, it it is not looking good for your Jacksonville Jaguars. No. Uh, Trevor Lawrence no. was was horrible.
0: Yeah, you forgot that game went on in the morning. <laughs> uh, I almost know, did. I got it. Getting out of church, yeah. getting out of church, and seeing that, I said, "What the heck is going on there?" But yeah. hey, I, I don't know if we can call it a resurrection. I think everybody's very happy that they don't have to watch the Broncos play this week <laughs> or on the bye. So, um, look, you know, we know what the Broncos' issues are. It's it's still the same song and dance. Right. It's still hey we can we can get it between the 20s We're we're one of the best teams in football doing that but uh in terms of scoring we're we're still uh you know we're still trying to find jimmy hoffa on that one so uh, i i'm not entirely convinced after a win like that jacksonville has to play better you're right jacksonville uh offensively they're still making mistakes lawrence um as high as he might i i think again this whole class of 20 what was it 2020 or 2021 uh, this whole class has been disappointing yeah i mean the whole thing you know i mean i get it mac Jones is you know had a great year last year and you know uh has obviously been riddled with injuries so i'm not sure he gets a pass but he's not been great he's not been bad justin field is getting better but he still isn't pretty bad. Zach Wilson is a dumpster fire and Trevor Lawrence has just been put in a bad situation. And then Trey Lance is the Ben Simmons of football. So, you know, that's that uh, when that's when that's the list. Yeah, that's a big problem. I mean, Davis Mills on this list, too. So, I mean, yeah, he might be the best of them all so
1: far. (laughs) Well, and you remember, I mean, everybody was downright giddy over this draft class. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, it was oh, one of the best quarterback classes in a long time. And yeah, well, I mean, it, look, it, and maybe it's too early because, you know, it's not like the old days when the guy sat for a couple of years and learned his way. Now they're throwing everybody to the fire. So maybe, you know, maybe this will turn out OK. I mean, I guess if well, if you're the Patriots and, and
0: the Jaguars, you sure as hell hope so. Yeah, I think those are the only teams. I still think Fields, I think I think he has a chance still. Um, with if if he's if he's brought up in a new system the right way, I yeah. think he still has a chance. But, you know, I I think if you're the Jags in the past, you gotta figure right. out quickly, hey, how are we gonna get more guys around and the Jaguars, we didn't talk about that trade. They trade for Calvin Ridley. Oh yeah. Right. I think it's a great trade. Great trade for them for next year. For next That'll year. be a great right.
1: trade. Yeah, because well, he's sitting out for the uh the suspension this year. But uh ladies and gentlemen, your first place Atlanta Falcons.
0: Yeah, speaking of the
1: Falcons. How about that? How about that? Marcus Mariota, look,
0: you
1: know, uh, I, you know, you look at his numbers and they're not hideous, but to me, I mean, he's done a pretty good job of managing this team, and that's a hell of a win for them. I mean, you thought they'd win some games, but I don't think anybody – well, I think it's more that nobody thought that, that Tampa and New Orleans would be struggling as badly as they are. But, hey, Atlanta will take no. it. Atlanta will take it, no question no. about that.
0: Atlanta will take it any way they wish, and you know, certainly on Sunday, it was any way they wish because they could. They they had Carolina dead at the end of that game. P.J. Walker made one of the most incredible throws I have ever seen in my whole life. Apparently, oh, yeah, yeah. apparently, it is the longest throw through the air in terms of air yards, quote really, quote uh, that's ever been recorded for a touchdown. No kidding. And it was an incredible throw that he made to Moore. And then, of course, they missed the extra point. This is like the dumbest game in the history of games. (laughs) They get an interception in overtime, get it down to the 20-yard line, miss a field goal again, and then Atlanta somehow, someway escapes. So the Panthers and the Falcons really deserve each other at the end of the game (laughs) And how bad those two teams are. But, uh, you know, they might be not a great team, but guess what? Tampa wants to give them this division. Yeah, They might just do it. They need to win in such a desperate way, does Tampa. So, uh, yeah, give credit where credit is due. They're winning games by throwing it less than 20 times a game. That's a hard thing to do in this league.
1: My shocker of the week last week, the the New Orleans Saints, whose defense, you know, we couldn't figure out what was wrong with them. They shut out the Raiders last week, 24 nothing. It was so bad, Derek Carr winds up on the bench, and Jarrett Stidham's in the game, ladies and gentlemen but how about incredible i mean that uh, that was probably my biggest surprise of last week
0: um i think i i'm not sure if we picked that on the show but i did love the saints you did no, i know you did we did uh, pick
1: that one and you you got that one right
0: yeah and, and i love them uh a lot and on the sunday card as well and i think that Obviously, we weren't expecting this. No, but the Saints needed to get some guys back on defense, and they did. Yep. They played outstanding defensively. But I think it says more about the Raiders; yep. they were not prepared to play, just flat out not prepared. So much so that that McDaniel's apologized to the fan base for the performance. I mean, it was it, in his press conference. It was, it's bad. I mean, it's really bad, and. You know, I, I, am, I am just as stunned as you that the Raiders are this bad. I, I loved the Raiders. I had them win the division for right. crying out loud. Right. Um, so I, I don't know where to go from here. I thought their defense would be a lot better. They have some of the worst defensive metrics in football. And Alvin Kamara is going to expose that. He had a great game. They need a lot of soul-searching defensively in, in, in Vegas.
1: Um, last one from last week. Uh, t- tell me. How look, how good is Tua? I mean, can I can't figure this guy I mean, you look at his numbers from last week. He was ridiculous. Ridiculous. He had a quarterback rating Gene. of hundred and thirty nine. I mean, is is he which is he Zach Wilson or is he uh is he Aaron Rodgers? Who the hell is he? Gene, this is a lions. I I, mean, I, I get <laughs> Dan, not, Dan Dan. I get, carried away. I, I get it, but I get it, but my goodness, I mean, you know, they got themselves in a huge hole and I mean, it, and he's, to me, it's more maybe about who he's throwing the ball to than how good he
0: is. Absolutely. It's, I yeah. mean, how many times do you ever see a deep ball down the middle of the field, the Hill, it goes into double coverage and held jumps up and catches Gets the a, ball. Yeah. He's incredible. Yeah. He's incredible. And, 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 you know, he's not, you know, the personnel on his team is fantastic. Like, Tyree Kill does a lot for that team. I'm not saying, like, that he's a bad player when I say that he can't do it all for the team. I'm saying, but he's going to make huge plays like that. And to me, I'm sorry, like, Detroit has by far and away the worst defense in football. Far and away. I mean, it's not close. So, you know, I just can't. I, I, I love it. Good for him. He did it. He performed on the field. Fantastic. I give him credit for that. I am not going to get excited. Just as I wasn't excited for Bailey Zabby, right, right. I'm not going to get excited for, 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 my, for the Dolphins beating the Lions. I'm just not going to do it. I mean, the Lions, shooting themselves in the foot, scored 27 points in the first half and didn't score a single point the rest of the game. Right, right. So, you know, tell me, you know, are, are we really good or is this another patriots death situation? Or is the other quarterback just stink? I mean, like, <laughs> where are we on that one? Uh-huh. You tell
1: me. Just, that's why I'm asking you, buddy. That's why I have you. Uh, well, I'm going to go with the latter. All right, let's get to this week's games. Uh, five and two last week on your picks, big fella. You're you're up to. You got it back to five hundred. Good job.
0: We're back. Yeah, we are back. Full throttle. November, I start to feel it. It has been unusually seasonably hot down here. I need it to get cold. I need snow. I need wind. I need rain. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Here we go. Uh,
1: two teams that need a win in the worst way, and it may be. It, this may be an ugly game. Uh, Vegas is at Jacksonville. Vegas is a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Two teams that were very disappointing last week.
0: Yeah, I wonder. I wonder who bounces back, you know. Long trip for Jacksonville, coming back from London, although that is their second home. Uh, and then Vegas, second straight road game. Uh, not sure if Vegas stayed out there. I imagine they did. I imagine they, 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 they stayed somewhere in the southeast this week to practice. Uh, it really wouldn't make sense for them to go home. Um, but uh, I, I think you need to see both these quarterbacks perform a lot better. Uh, my problem is defensively. I think the Raiders are are just a liability and, and, you know, Jacksonville's strength, I think is their defense right now. Um, maybe there's some life in this. It's a, it's again, another time away from home, the Raiders on the road. I just, I I think both of these teams are not very good, obviously. Right. But Jacksonville, I think is the team here that, that pulls it out because of how poorly, the Raiders are defensively. It's just it's not working. And then on top of it with the offense not working, um, I think it could be a long day. I think that I think that the uh, Jacksonville is is primed to maybe sneak out a win here.
1: Chargers coming off a bye are at the first place Falcons. The Chargers are a three point favorite. Look, the Chargers are four and three, but they 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 are the worst four and three team I've ever seen in my life. In
0: in what world? In what world? are the Chargers, who, by the way, are not going to have Keenan Allen this week, not going to have Mike Williams this week, not going to have their best left tackle. Rashawn Slater, now they're not going to have Austin Eckler, possibly. He didn't practice a lot this week. I mean, how are we justifying? I mean, who? I don't get it. I don't get how this team continues to consistently be rated extremely high by these by these books. I just I don't understand it. And Atlanta, yeah, they won a game that they probably shouldn't have won last week. Well, actually, they probably should have won considering the end of the fourth quarter there. But, you know, <laughs> Atlanta, for, for, for all their love and purposes, we're talking about a team that loves to run the football, that's getting Cordell Patterson back, that's going up against the worst rush defense in football. Right. What do you think I'm going to pick? <laughs> Atlanta Falcons. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, this, is, this is ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. The Chargers are not going to win this game.
1: All right, Patriots uh, return uh, home, and uh, they have the reeling Indianapolis Colts coming in. The Patriots are a four and a half point favorite.
0: Well, look, I think this game is more dangerous than you think. Than, oh no, I think. I think
1: it. I think it is dangerous. Um, I agree.
0: Yeah, I, I think you know. Look at how the Colts performed last year against the Patriots, and you'll see that you know, they expose them on the ground, right. just expose them. Yeah. Their, their, their defensive front played great. Now I do expect Christian Barmore, Kyle Duggar to come back this week. So I think that'll give the Patriots defensive boost. And then we're looking at that quarterback. I mean, you got a kid making a second start, his first row start in the NFL against Bill Belichick. Right. Good luck. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure that that's, Going to be efficient enough. The Patriots might field goal this team to death and win it sixteen to nine. That's that's, that's where I'm going with. So I, I'm going to go Patriots to win this game with defense, and you know probably do really well on the on the ground running the football. I think they they can do that as well.
1: Um, Green Bay needs a win. They're going to Detroit. They should get a win. They're only they're only favored by three and a half.
0: Ah, yeah, that scares me. Really, that scares me. I think I think Green Bay, you know. They have again another case where their rush defense stinks and you know Detroit can run the football the problem is is DeAndre Swift going to play that's that's the whole thing i mean he, he makes that engine go on offense right he is the key and now with no Hawkinson that's going to be hard it's going to be real hard for Detroit i think they can get some points and i think Rodgers is obviously going to put up points on this on this Detroit defense that stinks but you know, the Packers just haven't gotten it right. They just haven't gotten it right. I think the Packers will probably sneak out a victory because the Lions don't know how to play in the fourth quarter. They're very bad in the fourth quarter. I think this game is close, so I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions covered the game. But I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that Green Bay wins.
1: I'm telling you what, if it were me, and, and, and obviously it's not, and I'm never coaching an NFL team, if I'm coaching the Packers right now, I'm handing the ball off probably 40 times. I'm just putting, every time I'm putting it in Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon and say, "Fellas, get me the win."
0: That's what I'm doing. And when I and when I throw it, I'm throwing it to Aaron Jones. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I, yeah,
1: I, I hear you. All right, um, the uh, Tampa Bay Brady's are at home against the Rams that got absolutely drilled by the Forty ers last week. But Tampa, uh, look, I don't. You know, I, I'm not putting this on Brady. This Tampa team is searching for. Some kind of identity. I don't know what the hell is going on. They can't run the football at all. Uh, Leonard Fournette has, Fournette's been terrible. Um, they're yeah. they're a three point favorite at home. Uh, that and and I think the Rams. Maybe the I the, the Rams might might win this game.
0: I, I I'll be honest, Gene. You know, if you look at the metrics, offensive rushing yards per game, offensive rushing yards per carry. The Rams and the Bucks are 31 and 32 in the league. Why are they? Oof. I mean, oof. they're horrible. Yeah. They are horrible. Both teams are horrible. I mean, th- this is real. I mean, think about the Rams. The Rams are the ones that won the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. Like, at, where have they gone? Yeah. I mean, they've been squeaking out games against bad teams, and they're getting blasted by good ones. I mean, both of these offensive lines stink. Uh, the Rams have had an incredibly low pressure rate. They haven't been able to bring any pressure on the quarterback at all. At least the Bucks do that. Right. At least the Bucks can get pressure on the quarterback. I think they're going to get some corners back this week. Cooper Cup. I'm not sure he's going to play. Really? That, that's a that's a big issue. I mean, there's there's rumor afoot that he may have some issue with his ankle, oh. and that's going to make things really hard because that's the only thing the Rams got. Right. I mean, the Rams are a dead team. They are a dead team. we living off a of Super Bowl. It's not now when, Gene, for the Bucks. It's got to be now, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think they got to win this game. So, I, well, think about think about two months ago. We would have been looking at this game as like a juicy matchup for the one seed in the NFC. Right. And now it's just it's yeah. a game between two mediocre teams. Yeah. crazy. But I'm going to take the Bucks.
1: Okay. Uh, last one. Uh, Monday night game. Uh, Baltimore is at New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Baltimore is a two and a half point favorite. The first place team in the uh, North and a team in New Orleans that right now, uh, they look, they can't afford to lose another game, you know, right now. They need, they need to get things going in the right direction, but I'm not sure. I mean, if their defense plays the way it played against Oakland last week or Las Vegas last week, you know, maybe they got a shot. But uh, they are at home, but they're, they're two-and-a-half-point dogs.
0: You know, this is a scary game because they're at home, but for Baltimore, who really should win the game, You know, now you're missing Rashad Bateman. He's out for the year. Uh, What's the health status of Mark Andrews? We don't know. Uh, I I assume he's going to play. We haven't heard much. And then, you know, their offense didn't look competent really either against Tampa last week. Right. Uh, You know, coming off of an extended rest period against the Saints team who maybe they're starting to figure it out. Maybe they are. And I know, like, you know, Baltimore traded for Roquan Smith this week, and they'll be good at stuffing the run. But Kamara presents a lot more issues in stuffing the run. So, you know, I'm you know, I haven't had a really upset special this week. I'll take the upset special. I think I'll take the home dog getting points and and, and winning outright. I'm going to take the Saints to win this game and kind of surprise some people. Be like, huh? Maybe the Saints are starting to catch a little bit of, of fire here. And 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 if, who knows? I mean, if Atlanta. Drops a game against the Chargers, you know, Yeah, watch out for the Saints. You never know.
1: Uh, your, uh, your boys at Liberty have a bit of a uh, step up in competition this week.
0: Uh, Playing Ar- <laughs> play Arkansas,
1: uh, can they yeah. shock the world the way you did
0: against BYU? Absolutely. I think there's definitely a possibility that that could happen. Um, it's going to be a great game. Arkansas, well-respected offense. Um with KJ Jefferson and and Hazelwood and the rest, I think that's going to be a, a very interesting you know and a challenge to to meet. He's a freak athletically, and they're just really good and talented at a lot of different places. The linebacking core is really good, um, even though they've struggled defensively this year. I think, like you said, it's a step up in competition. So may the best team win. Uh, I'm super super excited to have our boys be able to play at SEC Stadium again, like we did last year. And we played Ole Miss pretty good. Right. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll try to do the same thing and this time try to come out with a W against Arkansas. It's the only SEC stadium outside of Ole Miss that I've actually been to. So okay. I'm uh, super excited to to see how the boys do.
1: Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed for them. Enjoy the games this weekend, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you next week, Dan.
0: All right, Gene. God bless you. the best.
1: Dan Zampano here on Sports Country Radio. That is going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back with another edition of The Wake Up Call next week. Hey, it's Delbert McClinton's 82nd birthday. Big fan of Delbert, uh, big fan of Don Imus. He was one of Don Imus's good friends. And uh, Delbert's 82nd birthday. Here's a little Delbert, and giving it up for your love on the way out. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country.